and I Dunell by The Grace. Copyright in the 2008 year, licensed under, under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license. You can find them at dig.bcmixter.org and it features Jay Lang and Marask. You're listening today to Neurospaces. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome in, folks. I'm Jay, a social worker, longtime seeker of mental health care, and advocate. I'll be accompanying you on this journey through the constellations of the body-mind. Many of us think of mental health care as something we only need to think about when something's wrong. But just like with our physical health, we all have our own unique constellation of needs, strengths, limitations, coping strategies, and more. The more we know about our constellations and how to work with them rather than against them, the better we can support ourselves when times get tough. Today, we're talking about chronic stress constellations particularly the way that chronic stress can often undermine our understanding of what is or isn't normal. Yale Medicine defines chronic stress as a consistent sense of feeling pressured and overwhelmed over a long period of time. And while some acute stress responses can be adaptive for those who are otherwise young and healthy, chronic stress responses are linked to long-term low-grade inflammation and its associated serious long-term health consequences. Additionally, even acute responses can trigger notable physiological changes for those with chronic health needs related to nervous system disorders, autoimmune disorders, inflammation regulation, pain management, etc. But where acute stress can be a trigger for other disorders, chronic stress can rewrite the body's understanding of what normal functioning even looks like, a concept that we call homeostasis. Our body minds tend to seek consistency, even where that consistency may be harmful for us. And one of the more dangerous capabilities of chronic stress is its tendency to, quote, boil the frog. Little by little, ever so slowly, chronic stress can alter our normal biochemistry, shifting our homeostasis further and further away from both familiar and functional. By gradually acclimatizing to the sense of pressure, strain, distress, and systemic overwhelm that comes with stress. This new homeostasis tricks us into believing that it is both right and inevitable. And once established, it takes far greater effort to break out of the bounds of homeostasis on purpose than it did to slide into them in the first place. This can leave people fighting an uphill battle against their own body-mind when they seek to break out of a stressful new normal. And this can be especially important to keep in mind when it comes to the question of what causes chronic stress in the first place. If you were to walk through town asking people what stresses you out, you'll probably get a lot of different answers. Finances, work, the environment, interactions that they have with others, traffic, even their own bodily needs, emotions. Some people might even talk about more abstracted stressors like systemic oppression, environmental racism, food deserts, community planning and design. 
realistically speaking, all of these are correct. Direct stressors that are immediately observable absolutely contribute to chronic stress. And so do these artificial abstractions that our societies implement in specific communities. Researchers already know that those who are marginalized in their socioeconomic positioning are more likely to develop symptoms of post-traumatic stress following an exposure to an acute or chronic stressor. And researchers also know that these same people are more likely to pass on their biological implications of chronic stress through biological embedding processes. And researchers also know that systemic oppressive forces can create and reinforce chronic stress, even where other protective factors are already in play. Effectively, this means that marginalization and oppression can create, reinforce, and worsen chronic stress, and the serious physical and mental health ramifications that come with it. In 1845, Engels coined the term social murder in his text, The Conditions of the Working Class in England, to describe the phenomenon of unnatural death among those marginalized by their political, social, or economic status, and the oppression that caused this death. This phenomenon is tightly related to the pseudoscience of eugenics that was developed in the 1900s as a method of, quote, improving the human race, through selective breeding certain traits, usually those associated with white, able-bodied, parasitic heterosexual people without mental health disorders. In the case of both social murder and eugenics, it is the socially undesirable, the marginalized, and the disenfranchised who are subjected to the kind of oppression, medical abuse, and alienation from access to resources that frequently leads to this early unnatural death or harm that constitutes social murder. This path from chronic stress to social murder is a meandering one, with many stops along the way through conversations such as the individualization of stress management, the dissolution of social trust through community zoning laws, rising costs of living, for individual households compared to the decrease in intergenerational households sharing costs and task burdens, and even the growing impact of food deserts and the alienation of the average person from the origin of their food and resource supply. Over the course of this chapter in our journey, we'll talk about all of these topics and more on our way to better understanding our stress constellations. And to start us off, next time we'll be discussing hierarchy basic human needs, and what happens when those needs aren't being met. So thank you again for listening to this episode of Neurospaces. This has been your guide check. Please find us at neurospacy.wordpress.com. Again, that is n-e-u-r-o-s-p-a-c-e-y.wordpress.com, where you will find links to our episodes as well as scripts and sourcing for all of our facts, and links to our social media accounts and other ways to get in touch with us. Thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a great day.